0: Good evening, Emmanuel, and welcome to Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is the one day in the year when the church invites us to contemplate our own mortality in a really personal and even tactile way. My guess is that this was a much less jarring ask in ages past than it is for us today. It's true that some of us here have been impacted profoundly and painfully by death, by the death of someone close to us. And some of us, through injury or illness or age, have already begun a serious process of coming to terms with our own death. But for many of us, death is kept safely at an arm's length. It's an abstract, eventual possibility rather than a personal, imminent certainty. We may witness tens of thousands of deaths per year on screen, but that's where it's all make-believe and marketed for entertainment. Even actual death in our society is packaged for consumption round the clock via news outlets. So on the one hand, awareness of death is all around us all the time. And on the other hand, we are always encountering it in a heavily mediated way that encourages us to glance as quickly as possible and move on. A real awareness of our own death pushes us to the extreme edge of human vulnerability. And so we tend to insulate ourselves from this awareness for as long as possible, and then when it's no longer possible, our vulnerability is so profoundly exposed that it feels overwhelming. Consequently, even a very gentle invitation to contemplate the brevity of our lives can feel awkward and artificial and scary. But in the church and in the scriptures, the invitation to solemnly consider our death is offered alongside an exhortation to rigorously and wholeheartedly praise the Lord, to bless him from our hearts. Because even as tonight's psalm, Psalm 103, reminds us of our mortality, it is also setting death in its proper relationship to life in Christ. Our lives, as feeble and frail as they are, have a very specific context and purpose. Our lives were meant to be woven into the bigger, holier, and more beautiful life of God. Our lives are like a very small, and fragile gemstone that is surrounded and supported and directed by the enormous glory and goodness of God for greater purposes and a longer lifespan than what we can see now. Confronting the reality of our own impermanence requires both courage and humility. But if we are willing to begin there, repenting in ashes, The Lord becomes the lifter of our heads, directing our gaze to mighty acts of God performed on our behalf. So let's begin. We'll start in the middle of Psalm 103 at verses 15 and 16, and you're welcome to look there in your bulletins. This is where the psalm writer offers a meditation on the brevity of life that is both poetic and very matter-of-fact. The psalmist writes, Our days are like the grass. We flourish like a flower of the field. When the wind goes over it, it is gone, and its place shall know it no more. Now, this imagery is so pretty that it's easy to skim past the implications. The psalmist draws an analogy between our bodies and the bodies of plants that only thrive for one short season. We are not like the oak trees or even shrubs and bushes that may endure for several years. You and I, the poet says, are like the kinds of grasses and the kinds of flowers that flourish for just a few months and cannot be found at all when the season changes. Death is coming soon, the psalmist bluntly states, and then we're gone from here. Now. Our short lives do matter. They matter to us and to others and to God. We flourish like a flower of the field, the psalmist says, and hooray for flourishing. May it be so. Let us cooperate with God to make it so in our short lives. But however meaningful and precious this life may be, however fully we are called to invest ourselves in the well-being of others while we're here, none of that extends the length of our days. The years will pass, and this earth will know us no longer. Before long, our bodies will fail, and we will pass into eternity. Now, maybe you're here this evening, and you're young or in love, and today you see nothing but sunny days ahead. The psalmist would like to remind you that still your life will end in death. Maybe you are on the brink of curing cancer or eliminating racism or housing the homeless of the world. And this would be an amazing gift. We should be investing ourselves in these pursuits. It would be a huge leap forward in quality of life for millions. But the psalmist would like to remind you that all those people that we can benefit, those who might be then housed and cancer-free and living with a greater measure of justice, each one of them, like you, will nonetheless be dead in a matter of years. Or maybe you're here tonight and your experience of life has begun to feel mostly like a series of painful disappointments, a burden that is too heavy to carry. Whether you are experiencing life in this moment as good and meaningful or painful and empty, we need to know it matters if this life is all that there is. Because if the only thing the psalmist had to say about our lives is that they're short and end in death, this invitation to contemplate death would be cruel. Happy lives would all be way too short and painful lives way too long if, they're, if flourishing and fading is really all that there is. But brothers and sisters, this is not all there is. Our fleeting and fragile lives can be caught up and held in the life of Christ. Our transient earthly joys can deepen into eternal heavenly ones. Bitter disappointment and prolonged suffering here can be transformed, can be redeemed by God's grace. For those who are in Christ. The mighty love of God encircles us and bears us up and carries us safely into an eternity with Him. We can recognize clearly the brevity of our lives and also set the eyes of our hearts on Jesus, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. Our Lord Jesus Christ took on mortality just like our own, His flesh. Was as grass just like ours. He lived in the same precious but painful world that you and I are living in now. And after his brief season here, he died just as surely as you and I will die. But it is through his death that you and I become recipients of all the blessings of his life and his death and his resurrection. Our lives are not limited. They do not have to be limited to this short span of years. Our lives, infused with the love of God, can extend through death into an eternal life shared with the Holy Son of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Scripture gives us an ability to preach the goodness of God to ourselves. We can preach these words to ourselves in times of gratitude and distress alike. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name and remember all his benefits. What are these benefits? What has the Lord done for us? This psalmist provides us with a lengthy list of what God has done. And these are not blessings that we have to hunt down and tackle and drag forcefully into our lives to offset our fears of death. These are blessings that Jesus Christ has one for us on our behalf already. The Lord is hunting us down with these blessings, seeking us out with them, showering us with an abundance of good things, every one of which will endure into the next life. He forgives all your sins and heals all your infirmities. How horrible! It would be to live forever if our sins and our moral infirmities and our physical diseases were to follow us through death, clinging to us and dragging us down into the grave. That would be a horror of horrors. But glory of glories, God has willed it to be otherwise. For those who are in Christ, all sins are forgiven, all Infirmities of body and mind and soul are healed forever and forever. After death comes not just more life, but a life free of sin and free of these weaknesses. He redeems your life from the grave and crowns you with mercy and loving kindness. Those who die in Christ will not lie in their graves forever. There is a Redeemer, eager for us to share in His own hard-won resurrection life. When we see Him, He will cover us with His own righteousness and crown us with mercy and loving kindness. He satisfies you with good things and your use is renewed like an eagle's. We may be surrounded with suffering in this world, but the Savior comes to us now bringing food that will satisfy us and restore us to a strength like that of a young eagle. The Lord executes justice, righteousness, and judgment for all who are oppressed. The Lord is at work in our lives and in this world. Every little bit of righteousness that we witness here has been accomplished by his hand and his power. And every little bit of injustice, every last bit that we are witnessing now, will be judged and set right. He made his ways known to Moses and his works to the children of Israel. The Lord not only acts on our behalf, he reveals himself and his ways to us that we might know him and worship him and imitate him. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and of great kindness. He will not always accuse us, nor will he keep his anger forever. The anger of the Lord against sin and injustice is real. It is a force to be reckoned with and a powerful reminder that what happens here in this present life has meaning. He does not turn a blind eye to the suffering caused by sin. And yet, his anger is brief. His mercy and great kindness is everlasting. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our wickedness. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his mercy great upon those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. When the fear of the Lord falls upon a man, a woman, a child, And they turn to him in hope and repentance. His forgiveness is immediate and complete. He does for us what we cannot do for ourselves and whisks away forever our iniquity. As a father cares for his children, so does the Lord care for those who fear him. And our heavenly Father is more tender and more caring than even the best of earthly fathers, and he bends near to tend to us. Why? For he himself knows whereof we are made. He remembers that we are but dust. The Lord knows your weaknesses even better than you know it yourself. He knows that our days are like the grass. He knows that even our flourishing fades with the summer heat and we're, we are remembered here no more. For a human being, this sort of weakness may seem pitiful and likely to move a mighty God to disdain or to disgust. But the, it is the opposite with our Heavenly Father. Our limitations. Our frailty, our deep dependence and need is what captivates and activates his generosity, his kindness, and his mercy. And the merciful goodness of the Lord endures forever. The merciful goodness of the Lord endures forever. We are as dust. All flesh is as grass. But the merciful goodness of the Lord endures forever on those who fear him and his righteousness on children's children, on those who keep his covenant and remember his commandments and do them. Tonight, we celebrate the merciful goodness of the Lord in a ritual that acknowledges that even our death can be transformed by his merciful goodness. In a few moments, we'll begin the practice of the imposition of ashes. And at its simplest, to impose means to put upon. If you come forward, as you come forward, standing or kneeling, you will have ashes put upon your head in the shape of a simple cross. Whatever your relationship is with your own death tonight, whether it seems comfortably abstract and a million miles away, or whether you feel like you've been living in the cold air of the grave for years already, This night is a night of profound hope in Jesus. Our very fragility, the mortal weakness that we fear, that is the very cause of the Lord's remembrance and tenderness toward us. The symbol of our death, these ashes are mingled with holy oil and formed in the shape of the cross of Jesus on our bodies. In this way, we remember not only that we are dust and that to dust we shall return, but we remember that Jesus has forever sanctified death by his own death. Jesus brought his own holiness and life into death, and he changed the nature of death for us forever. He has robbed death of its victory through the cross, And now we can wear the mark of death, of his death, with our own, proudly on our foreheads. He has removed forever the sting of death and the shame of sin. He has made of death a pathway into life, and all who repent and believe the gospel will find their way to him. Our repentance may be flawed tonight. Our faith may be feeble. But our hope is not in the completeness of our repentance or the strength of our own faith. However small the seed of your faith tonight, however imperfect your repentance, invest it all in the Lord Jesus Christ, whose throne is in heaven and whose compassion and mercy is steadfastly turned toward you. For those who entrust themselves to Christ fully, there is nothing left to fear. The Lord has set his throne in heaven, and his kingship has dominion over all. Bless the Lord, you angels of his, you mighty ones who do his bidding, and hearken to the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his will. Bless the Lord, all All you works of his, in all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.